Spoiler alert. This podcast discusses episode three of Westworld, season three. This is Charlotte Elizabeth Hale. This is a message for Nathan. Westward, the Westworld podcast from Sky Atlantic. Saddle up and get ready for a trip into the future. It's the mind-warping, host-spooning, future-predicting algorithm that is Westward, the official Westworld podcast from Sky Atlantic. Coming up, Jamie East talks to the gorgeous and slightly scary CEO of Delos, Charlotte Hale, a.k.a. Tessa Thompson, about becoming a robot killing machine. For me, I feel like over the course of the season, you see the birth of a new character entirely. Where I begin and where I end up are pretty dramatically different, so it's been a joy to play that this season. And joining us this week here to unpack every last second of Westworld is TV aficionado Boyd Hilton. Welcome, Boyd. Reactions to this week's episode in a sentence. When threads collide. Ooh. Mm. Because I think, like, in episode one established this whole new world, if you like. Then episode two brought other characters in we hadn't seen yet. Yeah. In episode one in season three. And then in, I feel in this one, episode three, they're all coming together and colliding and it's it's creating whole new things. Exactly. Suddenly getting very exciting. So let's start with a character who's fast becoming our new favourite, Charlotte Hale. Where am I? Who am I? Who do you think you are? I don't know. I don't remember. Calm yourself. You're a creature of beauty. And power. Now focus. Remember who you are. Okay, so I think it's sensible that we remind ourselves what happened to Charlotte Hale at the end of season two. Bernard shoots Dolores in the head to prevent her from destroying the forge, which is where all the data about park guests is kept. That's been gathered through the black and white hats. This isn't a dream, Dolores. It's a fucking nightmare. Charlotte Hale murders diagnostic expert Elsie. She's the one who first discovered the glitches in the hosts way back in season one to prevent her from revealing the truth that Westworld was actually gathering data on human behaviour. A robot uprising will pale in comparison to the storm that will erupt when people find out you've been photocopying their brains for the last 30 years. This prompts Bernard to have a change of heart about humans and to essentially bring Dolores back to life by printing a host copy of Charlotte Hale and inserting Dolores' control unit. This host version of Charlotte, we're calling her Dolores Hale, then kills the real Charlotte Hale. Be careful what you wish for. Dolores Hale uses her disguise to leave the park as Charlotte Hale. She takes five control units, or pearls, with her. She's clear. We're ever through. Dolores returns to Arnold's home in the real world and builds herself a new body, becoming Dolores once more. She also builds a brand new Bernard. You got out. Yes. Waiting beyond a glass door is the host version of Charlotte Hale, and we're now seeing her in season three. Let me show you you need to pretend to be. 
Charlotte Hale. Why can't I be myself? Like you? I feel like I'm changing. So, Boyd, we're not holding back this week. We are going all out. Whose consciousness is inside the body of the host, Charlotte Hale? Basically, long story short, I'm plumping for Dr Ford. I want to see a moment... You think Dr Ford? I want to see a moment where she makes some big revelation and then we see an image of Anthony Hopkins, you know, Mm. uh, played out over her. I'm not going to lie. I like that idea. But that voice in conversation there sounded quite innocent to me. It had a kind of childlike innocence Mm. about it. It sounded like the voice of, you know, I thought maybe a Clementine, maybe a Teddy, one of those characters. Maybe, but these... Dr Ford, that doesn't, you don't, no. can't get more kind of worldly-wise than him. That's true, but remember, these beings, these, these hosts, are capable of seeming very innocent one minute, oh. and then the next, it's flipped completely, isn't it? So you know, I'm right. not buying, I'm not buying that level of innocence at all. They're planting this whole idea that the pearls, the control units, can be inserted into any of these characters yes. that we've grown to know yes. in previous seasons. So and, we and can't believe our we, eyes. We can't believe our eyes. We don't know what personality they really are. We don't know you know, what's real and what's not real. But generally, I feel like they want this to be a big reveal at some point. Okay. We see a mighty red riot control robot in this episode too. And we find out that Delos are in production and have made 300 more. The Saudis backed out after the incident in the park. But we're working on new buyers. Sure, we can find some use for them. Boyd, let's just remind ourselves, we are three months on from the massacre at Westworld, yep. over 100 dead. Do you think that would be too soon to start building a robot army? Would you be ready to go again at that point? I'm not sure I would. Uh, yeah, we've got enough lethal beings that aren't really beings around in the world. Now we're introducing a whole new line of them just for some robot wars. I mean, 300 yeah. of these big fellas. Yeah, the whole thing, the whole series is entering into classic sci-fi territory now, yes. isn't it? With robots, you know, we're thinking Robocop. We're thinking Chappie. Do you see that film? Yes, it, of course. About, you know, I mean, Transformers, obviously. Transformers, completely. Real Steel, when there are robots fighting each other yeah. in boxing ring. You know. So this, these guys are going up against Dolores and Co. That's what you're thinking. I mean, I think so. I think I, I'm flashing forward episode eight climax. Yeah. Hundreds, thousands, maybe, depending on CGI budget. You know, <laughs> loads of robots, loads of hosts, maybe some humans. It's going to be carnage. Would they actually be able to attack Dolores, do you think? I mean, can't she control all of the tech? We've seen a lot of that in we this episode We have seen that, haven't so we? Far. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, seemingly, so she can, she's got like super tech powers and yes. she can kind of stop things in their tracks. And, Hire out rooms in hotels. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, she can pretty shut much, down security systems. <laughs> at this stage, she can do what the hell she wants, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I wonder whether these robots, which have been created by Delos, remember, mm. are so powerful and big and strong that even she might have trouble with them, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Delos is in the process of being bought out by a creeping tender that we hear about in this episode that's been snatching microshares over time and it's revealed that Engorod Serac was behind the anonymous and hostile takeover. The man's a black hole. He's completely invisible. But like a black hole, we can infer his existence... When you look at the global economy, there's a negative space to the tune of a trillion dollars. That would make him the richest man in the world. No one's heard of him. How did you find him? He found us. Turns out we initiated a data transaction with him two decades ago. (sighs) We sold this Ciroc a taste of our data and now he's trying to steal our company like a thief in the night. 
So, Boyd, how interesting that in a world where data is everything, data is power, the richest man in the world is completely anonymous and data-wise invisible. It's like as if Mark Zuckerberg wasn't on Facebook. (laughs) You have to be that rich and wealthy and powerful to be Mm off-grid while you're controlling everything, seemingly. It's a classic Westworld idea. And also a kind of classic baddie, you know, the mysterious void. So Dolores tells Hale to fend off Serac's bid with a counter-offer and to pay a visit to an old friend. Now, who do we think that old friend is? Well, I think it's got to be the man in black, hasn't it? It's got to be old Ed, William. I think it's got to be Ed Harris. Yeah, Ed as I like Harris. to refer to him. I do refer to characters by their actors' names, by the way. That's just one of my one of my things. That's fair enough. But we'll I just think because it just helps. Certainly, in Westworld, it helps. In, it's, I mean, just think Ed Harris. Exactly. Yeah, we've got so many people yeah, to keep track of. Exactly. Please do us that favour. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I, it's got to be something to do with him. Yeah, it's, it's, I'd like it's, to see him again. Obviously, I, I mean, we all would. Just catch us up with with where he was last time we saw him. He just killed his daughter, Emily, because he thought his daughter was. Wasn't real. It was a host, I think, mm-hmm. but I think he was wrong. She was a game player, like yeah, him, and, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that was that's going to lead to major issues for him. And then right at the end of season two, he was in a deserted laboratory. It was like just when you thought you'd understood everything that happened. The whole show had then happened. They, then post credit. Then the post credits yeah. flash forward to further than we've ever flash forwarded. Like some Planet of the Apes, before. distant future, right? In a lab where James Delos was trapped in the kind of goldfish bowl thing yes. in a glass cage. Yeah, so he's still around. That's the bottom line. So he's got to pop up, hasn't he? The man in black, I mean, Ed Harris. Well, I mean, we've got to find out what happened to him. Yeah. They've got to make sense of that post-credits flash yeah, forward. Exactly. But how far forward are we going to go? I mean, we're looking at more potential timelines, I think. OK, let's ease off the analysis for a couple of minutes <laughs> and hand over to Jamie East, who was lucky enough to sit down with Westworld star Tessa Thompson to talk about Charlotte Hale's journey into season three. Westward. So, Tessa, what are the big themes for Charlotte this season? Charlotte goes into the world to sort of infiltrate it and she has to contend with the Charlotte Hale that we used to know, sort of go back into her life. It's sort of like espionage, I guess, in a way. Yeah. And I think one thing that's really interesting that I haven't seen portrayed is this idea of not being comfortable in the in the skin that you're in. And that's certainly something that Charlotte has to contend with. So I think that's a big theme for her this season. It's like she's trying to take back control. Like she wants to cut into her skin and rip me out of her head. Last season, we sort of got out of the park and for a lot of characters, there's this idea of rebirth, which I think is really interesting. For, for me, I feel like over the course of the season, you see the birth of a new character entirely where I begin, you know, in the beginning of the season and where I end up are really, um, yeah, pretty dramatically different. So it's been a joy to, to play that this season. One of the most frightening things about watching season three is the realisation that privacy and, and, and our use of data and stuff were already too late. Ground Zero was years ago. Yeah, I would say we're already there, you know. I think that's sort of the brilliant thing about Westworld. It's not just speculative fiction. It kind of holds up a mirror to where we are now. I mean, we live in a time where data has surpassed oil in terms of its value globally. So we're not heading there. We are there. And I think the show has sent me, you know, in my preparation for it early on, into a sort of existential crisis because... If I want to maintain my autonomy, not be controlled by algorithms, not give away my privacy, it's sort of hard to engage 
in the world and in technology in the way that I do. You know, I mean, I give away a lot of my privacy just based on convenience. And it's hard to realize that and decide how you want to move through space. Be a good boy and go to sleep for your mommy. So this week, we get an insight into Charlotte's personal life and discover a bit more of the vulnerability about what's inside Charlotte. It's a different side to what we've seen before. It was really exciting to get to pull back the layers of this character that I had been playing, and I had been playing this sort of corporate version of her, and then to get an insight into her actual life, what it costs her, you know, personally, to live her life has been incredible and I think it's sort of really complicated because you know there's this person inside the actual consciousness that's contending with Charlotte's life in a weird way it's like Charlotte sort of died the actual Charlotte died before she could reconcile a lot of these regrets and desires and hopes and dreams and now this new form is having to contend with them, which I think is something really sort of heartbreaking uh, about it. And then also, you know, it's just a joy to get to work with a kid because he's on yeah. set. He said the most profound things. Like we were shooting one scene later in the season and things have started to go awry. And the young actor just said to me, I thought the future would be fun. <laughs> and I was like, you and me both, kid. You and me both. Thanks, Jamie. More from him shortly. You know, whatever happens between mommy and daddy, we will always love you. I want my own mommy back. So Charlotte goes home to her ex-partner, Jake, and we discover that they have a son called Nathan. But Nathan Boyd can tell that Charlotte's a host. Mm. He can see that something's not quite right. How? Little kiddies, they know, don't they? They know if something's the wrong with mummy. Yeah. She's not quite right. She's forgetting to pick him up from school. Mm. You know, just the simple domestic issues of life. And there's something just weird and distant about her, clearly. Yeah. Who knows the level of affection that goes down when you turn being human into a host? So... It's like, you know, when dogs can tell, can't they? It's like, yes. I think they're exploring that idea. Dogs and children can tell. Yeah. yeah exactly. Although she, wrong. she charms the dog pretty well. Although the dog doesn't, his other options aren't great. So I can understand <laughs> no, exactly. why the dog's like, fine, I'll go yeah, with you. Yeah. We also see in this episode, Charlotte Hale has markers on her body, these kind of circles etched in blood. And if you are a, a stargazer, you might notice that they look like symbols representing the constellation of Orion. What do you think they are, these symbols? Actually, I just thought they were weird, creepy. She's clearly self-harming. That's where these marks are coming from. Which yes, I think is very a really disturbing. Again, it's a brilliant thing that the show does is just when you think it's entertaining and fun that there are hosts versus humans on that, then you go, what? it's really digging deep into what must it be like to be aware if you're a host that you're not, in quotes, real. Mm. And that seems to be why she's making these marks. Whether she's making them deliberately in that in that shape of that constellation, who knows? Well, but- yes, because in season one, a host known as the Woodcutter went rogue and Stubbs and Elsie tried to retrieve him from a ravine. And he was glitching out because he was being used to smuggle data out of the park. In the end, you might remember, he crushed his own head with a boulder, that guy, remember him? Yeah. Well, he was etching wood carvings of the constellation of Orion. Keep staring. Maybe it'll tell you your horoscope. Come again? Markings on its shell. Look like stars. Orion, right? 
So the same symbols wow. way back in season wow. one. I mean, in Westworld, it's never a coincidence, is it? No. So that's got to mean something. Remember the images of the maze that were kind of very yes. important to the whole show and they symbolise something or rather the whole puzzle of the whole show. Maybe these symbolise something very important. But put it this way, there's no accident. So clearly it's important that these shapes that she's making are yes. reminiscent. In Greek mythology, Orion is the hunter. And we've already, of course, heard about Charlotte Hale saying, you know, you're not the only predator in this world. And in Indo-European folklore, it represents the reaper. So the hunter or death, I mean, you know, the options are plentiful here, Boyd. And the the maze was to do with consciousness. Right. Yes. So, I mean, it's mixing all these things together, isn't it, I think? You know, who is the hunter? Who is the hunted? What does it mean to be a predator? If you're a host, you're, you're hunting humans, maybe. Who knows? It's... It's kind of mind-blowing already. Um, So, Boyd, I'm working on my mega theory. Mm. Are you ready for it? Yes. Let me lay it out. Bring it on. So Maeve is searching for her daughter. Hale reconnects with her son. Will Dolores, who, let's remember, had a father who was kind of suffering and breaking down, have a child with Caleb, who has a mother who's suffering and in some ways breaking down? And that will be Westworld's first non-glitching host-human hybrid, uniting both species and therefore saving the world. Wow. That's good. I like that theory. That's very interesting. I mean, I, I have to say, when I first clapped eyes on Caleb and you got to, you saw what was going on in his mind and what, you know, the, the kind of flashbacks to his part, I was thinking maybe he is, maybe he isn't 100% human himself. Yes. Maybe he's a host or maybe he's already a hybrid of some kind. In which case, it's not stopping the two of them from getting together and having a further complicated hybrid of a hybrid. Yes, yes. But I, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced he's 100% in quotes human and non-host. It's interesting, isn't it? Because he obviously has this kind of implant in, yeah. inside him that's being triggered with the medication that he's refusing to take. I guess if he was a host, he wouldn't, if he was totally a host, he wouldn't need that. You know, he's got, he, it's, it's got to be, got to be human they, they might have to control the hybrids though. You don't know. I mean, once you plant the idea of a hybrid, which you have, mm-hmm. and I agree with you, I think it's bound to be explored. Also then, parenthood is very much, yes. I mean, that's, that's a kind of consistent theme 100%. through Westworld. And I yeah. think this episode, it's really interesting seeing the new version version of Charlotte Hale actually learn to be a mother, you know, connect to feelings of protectiveness. And mothers are kind of made over time, not not something that happens instantly. It's an interesting idea. Yeah, and it's always been a show about parenting of artificial intelligence. Are the gods parenting these things that they've invented? That's always been a big issue, hasn't it, all the way through? Dr. Ford said to Maeve, you know, you're my daughter, my favourite. Exactly. So I think that's constantly going, you know, what does it mean to be the product of humans. And I guess it's interesting that we have a world where none of the parents are perfect, to put it mildly. Oh, completely. Which, of course, is true. In fact, it's true in real life as well. <laughs> yeah. Time now to unleash a man who we deactivate between episodes and only allow to roam digitally around our Facebook fan page during the weekdays. It's Jamie with his take on Mega Corporation Insight. Westward. Logging records of guests' experiences and their DNA? We're not having that conversation, Bernard. Because none of it's going to matter until we can find a very important needle on this fucking haystack. In season two, we were introduced to Delos, the corporation that took over Westworld and was secretly recording all of the behavioural data of the park's guests. So Delos is willing to let us all die until they can retrieve one host? In a word? Yes. Now that we're outside of the park, the new company everyone's talking about is Insight Incorporated. But who are they and what do they do? Insight is different. 
We're not Silicon Valley vaporware. We have unprecedented computing capabilities, analyzing data for life's most unsolvable problems. Through a combination of the episodes so far, the Insight Company website and viral videos online, we can now establish that the date we're seeing in Westworld Season 3 is 2058 and that Insight are running future society. Check the website out for yourself at insightinc.com. Insight was co-founded by Liam Dempsey Sr. and is now run by his son, also called Liam Dempsey, who we met in episode one. Saving the world through algorithms, or for being the son of the guy who saved the world. Insight claimed to offer a variety of products, including those cool helicopters and driverless cars everyone's going around in, the virtual assistant earcuffs Dolores is getting a lot of use out of, the Google glasses and contact lenses that can show memories, and the limbic tabs used in conjunction with drips or mouth implants to control moods. But the main service Insight offers its clients is future building. The possibilities are limitless. But with Insight, the only choice you'll have to make is us. According to Liam Dempsey Jr., his father designed Insight's system in just one weekend and then spent 15 years actually building it. The grand concept was that if you could map out a trajectory for every single person's life, then you could make the world a better place by reducing unrealised potential. We saw the system, also known as Rehoboam, in episode one. is that big black ball with lots of red lights that also features in the new title sequence. Quick shout out to the Facebook fan group who've been referring to Rehoboam as 4B, short for Bloody Big Brain Ball. And they're not wrong, it does look like a giant control unit. 4B, yeah, we like that, guys. After they optimized it for the last time, they lost track of how many thoughts it has per second. Thoughts? Not thoughts, exactly. Strategies. We know that after the mysterious death of Liam Dempsey Sr., his business partner assumed control of the system and locked Liam Dempsey Jr. out, leaving him with read-only access to the outer layers of the system. In episode two, when Maeve finally broke out of the simulation, she awoke to meet the man that we assumed to be Liam Dempsey Sr.'s business partner, Sorak. I don't concern myself with the present. My business is the future. So you're an oracle? An oracle would merely predict the future. Our work is to create it. So, how does the system work? This is where the story of Insight gets much darker than their shiny, inspirational quotes and adverts. A machine they call Rehoboam. The founders of this machine fed it everyone's raw data long before there were privacy laws. Every purchase, job search, doctor visit, romantic choice, call, text, Every aspect of your lives, recorded, logged. In order to create a mirror world of this world. In order to keep the world turning, not everyone can be a high-achieving, super-rich boss person. The new world order needs to be kept in check. It's not about who you are, Caleb. It's about who they'll let you become. In episode three, Dolores shows Caleb his inside profile. They see that his career prospects are capped, and so Insight isn't improving Caleb's potential future, it's actually limiting it. You'll never be more than a construction worker or a petty criminal because that's all they'll let you be. Now, if every human's life pattern is predetermined, what makes them any different to the hosts at Delos? I think this is where we're going to see a more compassionate side of Dolores emerge. In the past, she wanted to burn humanity to the ground, but up to this point, she'd only seen the richest and worst cut of humanity's crop. 
She'd only seen the Logans and the Williams of the world, the people who were in positions of power and who wanted to keep it that way. She hadn't yet met the vulnerable people in society like the Calebs and the Nathans of this future world. Because you and I are a lot alike. They put you in a cage, Caleb. Decided what your life would be. They did the same thing to me. But now, with a better understanding of the real world, Dolores has realised that the human species are trapped in a cage too, forced to follow predetermined narratives. In episode three, Dolores said that she's going to start a revolution. Is she now fighting for the freedom of hosts and humans alike? Let us know what you think over on the Facebook fan group. What are you going to do? Start a revolution. Viva la revolution, Dolores. Viva la revolution. Thanks, Jamie. And if you want to challenge him by throwing your own theories into the void of our Facebook fan group, then head to Sky TV on Facebook and you can find us in the groups tab. So, Boyd, let's talk about our new pairing, Dolores and Caleb. We're right back where we left them at the end of episode one. Does he know that she's a host or does he think that she's a human? Do you know what? He doesn't seem bothered right now, does he? Because she's so impressive in every way, (laughs) conceivable. She's clearly the most impressive thing that's happened to him in his life for years. Yes, it wasn't so, going great, was no, it? No, it wasn't I guess. going great. So I think this is an exciting new avenue. And I'm not sure right now if he's entirely bothered one way or the other. Right. So yeah. he's not looking at it too deeply. I, he's no. just like, you're this I mean, exciting think, person who yeah, comes to my life. I think it's like, wow. All right. The closest thing at the minute that Caleb has to a friend in this world, his robot helper, George, he plummeted over the edge of the platform, which was sad to see. It was. Straight over. Is this the last we'll see of him, do you think? I hope not. He seemed very emotionally connected to his robot, Caleb, mm. like more than you normally would be to a robot, I think. But again, that could be all to do with that his PTSD. That could work in his favour in the future, <laughs> exactly. depending how the relationship right. with Dolores goes. Yeah. yeah, so maybe his closeness to the robot might come in handy when the robots attack, as we referred to, which inevitably will happen, we think. I'm fascinated by what's going on in his mind with his relationships to his best mate and to the robot and everything. I, think it's, I find it's, it's interesting. Given your history of depression, your mother's mental illness, your proficiency with firearms and your fondness for the ocean most likely outcome is you take your own life in 10 to 12 years So Dolores tracks Caleb on the system and they see that Insight has lowered his life expectancy. So she shows him the tablet and explains, this is what it says on the tablet, overall assessment, unfit, do not invest, limited societal contribution, mortality risk high, projection, suicide, firearm, 10 to 12 years. And Caleb has risk factors, as they describe them, history of depression, familiar mental illness, limited social contact. So the system has run this predictive algorithm, estimating that Caleb will kill himself in 10 to 12 years time. And and on that assessment has said, you know, do not invest. It's so dystopian this, isn't it, Boyd? It goes back to what you said before about, you know, you're kind of rollicking along in this sort of sci-fi world. And then they hit you with something human yeah, like this. And it's, very, very dark. It's really dystopian. Yeah, the, I mean, you know, the whole whole idea of algorithms taking over the world and taking over our lives, I mean, it's annoying enough when an algorithm predicts what music you might kind of like. If it tries to predict your taste, you get annoyed, but actually predict what's going to happen in your entire life that ends in you taking your own life. That's absolutely bleak and dark, but it shows you, I think, this is a show tapping into our fears about where these algorithms are going to take us and where the technology is going to go in the end. I think it's a it's a fantastic idea. And also, it's, it's not just predicting what's going to happen, but then controlling what's going to happen. 
and making sure right. that the algorithm comes true. This is the kind of yeah. tipping point. Yeah. So it's restricting your potential to advance as a person because yeah. they're saying this guy's not worth investing in, so they're not going to try. This story's always been about free will, hasn't it? Like you think, oh, the hosts clearly haven't got free will and the humans have. Then it's completely been reversed and the hosts have got free will seemingly now maybe, or at least Dolores seems to. Mm-hmm. Has, has he, the human, he doesn't have free will now. You know, Caleb, he doesn't seem to. If, if what this whole system is going to do proves to be right, it's, it's terrifying. He's attempting to assert it, I think, yeah, isn't he? he is. She's going to be he, his but guide. Will he, but will he win, yeah. Oh, I hope so. So Dolores does intend to cut the cord to the system and show the world for what it really is. Who does she want to free, do you think, Boyd? It's, does she want to free humans and hosts alike from the system? I think all of humanity. Probably, no less. It's a big goal, isn't it? I think so, yeah. We've already seen the existence of this Rehoboam thing that has all of humanity within it and can has insights into everyone's behaviour yes, and what this, everyone's done. The giant data network. The giant data network thing. So, yeah, clearly, I think she instinctively, if that word is appropriate, finds the whole idea of control of humans and of beings and of anyone a bad thing. I think she wants to address that whole thing on a global scale. She's got to go after the data death star, hasn't right. she? yeah. So you mentioned this theme of kind of fate and free will. That's obviously always been there in Westworld. Do you think that this is going to reach a conclusion in season three? It's it's so current, isn't it? This whole idea of data being mined, the whole Facebook Cambridge Analytica controversy. I'm literally, you know, all of that I feel is in the back, hovering in the background. Mm. Can our minds be controlled by technology effectively you know mm. people say oh you know billions of micro ads telling you something i won't have an effect because i'm an intelligent smart human with my own free will i know what i think but actually the influence of this stuff is pervasive and i think this story is addressing all of that it's like we think we've got free will but actually we can all be influenced we can all be told what to do and sometimes the populace goes along with it and does what they're supposed to do the medium is the message yeah. just time to talk about that closing scene boyd charlotte hale has been receiving scrambled digital messages from an unknown caller and after a beautiful scene where host charlotte is watching the message that her human self left for her son nathan while gunshots and carnage raged around her in the park human charlotte's sings You Are My Sunshine and host Charlotte then plays the digital messages back in sequence. The password is accepted and a voice answers. Your number cannot be completed. Stop. Password accepted. Connecting. Hello? Hello? I want to meet. Charlotte's taken to a house where she puts on the Google glasses and meets Engarod Sharak at last. So is Charlotte the mole, Boyd? That's what we learn here, right? It seems to be the implication, yeah, because he has some kind of control over her, seemingly, when he says he does. Um, it's lucky that he then explains. Right, I've had ex- meetings with people who employ me <laughs> where I haven't been quite as sure. Well, luckily, he recaps. I want what you promised me. Dallas's dirty secret. So this is the culmination of season one where they were trying to smuggle data out of the park. It was Charlotte that's doing that. So Serac says that he wants Dallas's dirty secret to profile for every guest who ever visited the park. Why does he want that information, Boyd? He's not going to do anything good with it, is he's he? He's definitely not going to do the good with it. Data is the key, isn't it? It's what we keep being told. You know, that's why there's the Data Protection Act. It's like the biggest thing in the universe to have data about what everyone does, everyone's behaviour and who they are and what they do. You control everything. So therefore, if Charlotte, Dolores can get their hands on this information, could they bring down insight? 100%, yeah. 
It seems to, I think it's the key to everything. Having control of the information, having the key that's going to unencrypt it and all of that, then you can do what you like pretty much seems to be the implication, I think. How will they do that, do you think? I mean, will they need to blackmail him to get him to do what they want him to do or is it going to be... Yeah, it's like the information is power, isn't it? There must be a reason why he's completely a void, right? He's mm-hmm. not, no one knows him, the trillionaire that no one knows. So if someone does know, then they can use that. So do we think they're going to find out who he is, fill in his data void, expose him, and that's how they intend to win? I think so. They seem to be a few steps ahead of him. Yeah. That's my, that's my feeling. Well, this is it. So at this point, does Serac think that Charlotte Hale is human or does he suspect that she's a host clone of the original Charlotte no, Hale? No, I think he thinks she's human because mm. he doesn't seem to know anything about the whole, you know, how she exited the park, that whole thing that happened at the end of season two. He doesn't seem to have watched season two, I don't mm. think. So, um, so we think Dolores and Charlotte are on the front foot. Okay. I hope so because I love them. And what's going on with the Google Glasses and the digital glitching? Because I thought at first it was just a little bit of kind of firelight on Serac's face. <laughs> at yeah. first, I just thought yeah. with the flickering flames, yeah. it's a, you know, it's a nighttime yeah. meeting, why not? Fair enough. But of course, then he disappears yeah. and we see that he's been glitching a little bit. So, yeah. so where is he really? Well, who knows? But he clearly has the power to be virtual when he wants to be. Do we think that he's definitely a person? Could he be oh. the system, the embodiment of this he system? Could absolutely be the embodiment of the system. I'm kind of hoping he is in a way. I love the idea idea of this thing being the key to the whole power network. If you kind of unplug him, everything's going to go crazy and the whole world will rebel against the control that they're under. So yeah, somehow I think he will be revealed to be a very interesting figure that's not quite what we're seeing of him at the moment. Charlotte says that the log shows the data Sirak is after was downloaded from the satellite, but no one has what she calls the encryption key. Sirak then corrects her and says the key is in the mind of a host called Dolores. Uh, predictions for next week, please, Boyd. What's going to happen? Well, I think we're going to find out more about what it means to have these keys in the minds of the hosts okay. generally, right? So she's had these different keys. The pearls. The pearls, thank you. And I think we'll find out more about that. It's got an Avengers-y feel of it to me. You know how in the Avengers saga, which went on for about, you know, 20 years and 10 films and all yeah. of that, there were these objects that had to be gathered together. These kind of talismans. To make, yeah, to Bit make of a Horcrux vibe as yeah, well. Horcrux, yeah, exactly. All of that. It's like classic sci-fi fantasy. You gather these objects and you work out how they all fit together and that mm. and that puzzle. It's an ongoing puzzle. And I think that, I'm not saying it's going to be solved in episode four, but I think we'll, we'll go some way to seeing more and then more of an explanation of how they all fit together and how they all work and who is within all of these different hosts. Well, Westworld is one big puzzle and we can't wait to see the next instalment. It is all going to kick off. And that's all we've got time for. Thanks very much to my guest this week, Boyd Hilton. Thank you. Thank you. Until next Monday, 9pm on Sky Atlantic, when we will be back for episode four of Westworld, The Mother of Exiles. Tell your friends about our pod and join us for more fan chat on our Facebook fan page. Go to Sky TV and you'll see us there in the groups tab. Westworld is a production by Snack & Co and Coex Studios for Sky Atlantic. I'm Lauren Laverne. Freeze all motor functions. Westworld. Oh, yeah.